folks, welcome back to another episode of Ham Productions. We are on to episode four this week. We're recording on a Monday night, June 19th. Y'all probably going to be listening to this on June 20th, so apologies in advance for when we start talking about college baseball stuff if I mess up um, saying tonight instead of, <laughs> or yeah, tonight instead of last night and tomorrow instead of today. Um, but just give us some grace on that, please. But anyways... Big topic of this past week, the Southeastern Conference came out with the 2024 conference opponents. And yeah, I know we've still got the 2023 season to play. We're still about two and a half months away from kicking that off, but it's the off season. So excuse us while we skip ahead all of 2023 and just dive right into 2024. Why is this such a big deal? Uh, Texas and Oklahoma are going to be joining the SEC as full members starting in the fall of 2024. So they had to work in that 16-team league into an eight-game schedule. We talked last week the way that the Big Ten did it. Um, I apologize in advance for any of our Southern listeners. Uh, the Big Ten did this a lot better than, um, than the SEC did, in my opinion. Any initial thoughts on that, Ryan? Yeah, I think it's I, – I would agree with you on that. It's just the the Big Ten just took the extra step. And, you know, from, from our opinion, our view, uh, they took the extra step to, you, you know, think ahead, we'll call it. You know, if you look at the SEC schedule, which we'll throw a link uh, right here, uh, but the Big Ten put protected opponents. You know, who's going to be protected moving forward? You know, you're going to have your – Michigan-Ohio State game every year, right? If you look at the uh, SEC schedule, you can guess who's protected. Uh, but, it, you know, it's still technically a crapshoot. Uh, you know, the one thing that Zach and I have talked a lot, and a lot, I'm sure a lot of people are, are wondering, is the Florida-Georgia game. That's a huge one. The Iron Bowl, that's a big one. Red River rivalry is a big one. Like, there's some... The Egg Bowl, some really big um, rivalries uh, from you know years and years and years of doing this. Are they protected just because they're sexy games now, or what's what's going to be what's going to be the thing? So yeah, it's I would agree with you that it's they they were like eighty five percent, ninety percent out of the way mm-hmm. there with this schedule. Yep. So we were we were talking a little bit last week, and I I personally think that's probably the reason they didn't just dive right in and say these are the protected rivalries that we're going to go with. Um, And it's just because of like some of these schools, if you end up with doing the eight game schedule, you pretty much got to do one protected rivalry. If you want to try and play everybody home and home throughout every player's career. So it comes down to what is the number one rivalry for every school. And now for some schools, I feel like it's pretty straightforward. Ole Miss, Mississippi State. You know, I don't think, even though those two fan bases love to hate each other, there's no blowing smoke about who's number one rivalry on the other team's lifts. Like, some Ole Miss, fan, mm-hmm. Ole Miss fans might say LSU, but it, let's be real here. It's the Egg Bowl. Um so what I was saying, and tell me what you think about these. I, we may have discussed this last week when everything dropped, which was unfortunate timing on our part for the podcast. But, you know, is what it is. Um, absolute locks, in my opinion. Egg Bowl, for sure. I think Florida-Georgia is an absolute lock. 
I'm pretty sure there are a lot of Florida fans that consider Georgia their number one rival. There's a lot of Georgia fans that consider Florida their number one rival. And when I say a lot, I think you're talking like 90% probably. Now, obviously, Florida's a little bit mm -hmm. trickier because of Florida State, but not a conference game, mm -hmm. so it doesn't matter. Um, Red River, Texas and Oklahoma, you, you're just not going to break that one up. We've gone without the, I think the Blue Lone Star Showdown was what they called Texas, Texas A&M, but we've gone without that one for mm -hmm. over a decade now, so no sense to protect that. Um so Red River, Egg Bowl, Georgia, Florida, world's largest cocktail party, whatever you want to call it, likely locks. And a lot of people are probably going to be like, what do you mean just likely? I think the Iron Bowl is likely, but I don't think that's that would be a dead set thing just because mm -hmm. the older generation of Alabama fan tends to consider Tennessee their number one rival. Tennessee definitely considers Alabama mm -hmm. their number one rival. So you and that was one of the big things when South Carolina and Arkansas joined and they split into divisions, was trying to preserve both third Saturday in October, which is Tennessee, Alabama, and the Iron Bowl, Alabama, Auburn. So trying to work that out. But then with Auburn, it's like, okay, you got Alabama and you got Georgia. It's just, you know, when you've played these same schools for at least 90 years, you've got some historical rivalries that are just going to be gone. I mean, Ole Miss Vanderbilt. Not on the schedule this year, you know? Like, I mean, yeah. darn. Dude, it, darn. it did not matter how much better Ole Miss was. Going into that Ole Miss Vanderbilt game, you were always scared. But, I mean, it's a Chucky Mullins game, too. Like, it's got history. So, that's just one mm -hmm. thing everybody's going to have to accept. You're going to lose rivalries on that. Um, but I said LSU, A&M probably would be a lock. Arkansas, Missouri probably be a lock. UT, Vanderbilt probably be a lock. Then South Carolina, Kentucky, those are just the – the two that are are left at that point um yeah and they're not no, close no like not realistic like geographically speaking carol south carolina is closer to georgia than tennessee then florida and then then probably auburn yeah maybe. auburn and um, alabama but yeah but you know because you still have to think you know regional you know to a certain degree um but yeah, like it's it's going to be interesting who they decide are the locks, and then who are you know because the way I'm picturing it is that these locks are going to be your rivals, you know, moving forward right. because you're going to play them every year, uh, outside of you know the Clemson, you know South Carolina, the Florida, Florida State. Outside of those, you know, who's going to be your in conference rival, and you know it's going to be a hand, you know a handful of very powerful individuals in a room. Just you know, deciding that for the rest exactly. of us, and, um, which they, they've done okay, right? But y they can't please everybody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, somebody's going to get left out. Um, the, I'd say the biggest for twenty twenty four, the biggest games that really jump out at you not being on there. I like was semi joking about mm -hmm. Ole Miss Vanderbilt, but that game is one with a lot of history, um, and. As an Ole Miss fan, we liked having Vanderbilt on that schedule, even though a lot of times they would end up, you know, upsetting us. Uh, but that not being on there, LSU-Auburn, losing that in 2024 is a bit of a shock as well. Um, mm -hmm. But just initial thoughts looking at that 2024 conference lineup, because obviously, you know, we talked about 2025 and beyond that, but let's look at what we know for sure. Uh, dude, Welcome to the SEC, Oklahoma. 
Goodness gracious. That is – that's brutal, man. So you host Alabama, Mm -hmm. South Carolina, Tennessee, and then you've got the neutral site game against Texas, which counts as one of your four home games. So you've only got three true home Mm -hmm. games, and one of those is against Mm -hmm. Alabama. And then you go on the road. Mm -hmm. You go to Jordan-Hare, which can be a tough place to play. They get up for the big games. You go to Death Valley. You go to Vaught-Hemingway, which if that game is early enough in the year, I mean, Ole Miss, we've been perennially like 8-4, and 9-3, and three, but get up for those big games, mm-hmm. and especially if it's early in the year, if it's one of those, you know, CBS mm-hmm. game of the week, well, it won't be CBS in 2024, RIP, but one of those game of the week kind of deals, I mean, that's a tough place. And then Mizzou, which, I mean, Oklahoma-Missouri, that's got some history there. Two old Big Eight schools. So, I mean, yeah. they really just got kind of thrown to the fire there. Like, you know, the the worst team on that schedule is Missouri. And Drinkwitz has kind of yeah, got them they, looking up. Would, so, mm-hmm. Yes, they've, they've got a they got a new AD um, couple, uh, maybe eight, maybe two years ago now. Uh, so she's she's really turning the ship around, but yeah, Oklahoma's getting smacked in the mouth. Uh, let's see, Alabama was ranked South Carolina, and this is all based off the 2022 season. Alabama was ranked, South Carolina was ranked, Tennessee was ranked, Texas I believe was ranked, LSU was ranked, and Ole Miss was ranked. So that's six out of your eight conference games going in ranked this season. Granted, like a lot can change this season, uh, this in the 2023 season, but. You know, that's a big smack in the mouth, especially when you look at your counterpart uh, who's joining the SEC is Texas. We'll go through it real fast. So Texas has uh, Florida at home, Georgia at home, Kentucky at home, Mississippi State at home. And then their road games are Arkansas. They have the neutral site game, which they are counting this as a way with Oklahoma. And then they have A&M Vanderbilt. So they kind of got – the you know we'll call it easier route compared to the two. Yeah, I mean when you when you look at them side by side, I mean what what overlap do they have? Um, you know, like Oklahoma doesn't get floor. This isn't me just saying this as a Florida in terms State of fan. Quality Florida, of, like, yeah, Florida's team, still going to be yeah. bad in twenty twenty four. It's Vanderbilt is Vanderbilt. Um, <laughs> Mississippi State, yeah, Mississippi State's not trash, but Mississippi State's not good. Kentucky's not good. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would much rather have Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Mississippi State at home than Alabama, South Carolina, Tennessee, mm-hmm. Texas at home. Like in because yeah, two are established and two are rising, mm-hmm. right? Te- uh, Texas, Texas, South Carolina are rising. Alabama, Tennessee are very much. But you give me Florida, Kentucky, Mississippi State, and Georgia. The only one of those I don't think I'm winning if I'm Texas is Georgia. Yeah, and, and truth be told, they're they're on the up and up. So you know, and Georgia is you know they're obviously the back to back champions, but a lot can happen. And but yeah, I would say that one is going to be a you know, a fist fight mm-hmm. for sure. The other ones are going to yeah. be pillow fights. Yes, without a doubt. And then, I mean, you know, Arkansas, Arkansas, Texas, historical rivalry. I'm sure that one, you know, they'll, they'll be ready to go for that. The hogs will, but I mean, still Arkansas mm-hmm. is easier than LSU and Texas mm-hmm. A&M 
yeah, it's Texas, Texas A&M, so everything can kind of go out the window on that. That's still easier than LSU. That's still probably easier than Ole Miss. Um, and then, mm-hmm. I mean, Vanderbilt, not to kick them while they're down, which the SEC kind of did with their schedule in 2024. <laughs> Goodness gracious, those poor guys might win, not win a conference game again. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the yeah. other thing that really stood out was Florida. That's a really tough schedule, too, because when you throw this on top, so Florida hosting – Kentucky, LSU, Ole Miss, A&M. The easiest of those is Kentucky. And then you've got Mm -hmm. Georgia and Jacksonville. Then you go to Tennessee, to Texas, and to Mississippi State. The worst of those three teams is Mississippi State. But you got to go into Starkville and hear those freaking cowbells nonstop. Like, Florida might have the toughest one out out of everyone. Florida might have the toughest 2024 schedule mm. because on top of all of that too, they host Miami, they host UCF, who's now mm. Power Five, and they go to Florida State. Florida yeah. might—I mean, we might be singing "It's Great to Be a Foreignator," Adam, at the end of the season. So. <laughs> I didn't realize that Florida is playing all four all Florida mm-hmm. schools that year. That is a, that is amazing. Can we keep that? I'd like to keep that. Who who owns the state of Florida? Yeah, That'd especially be, right now, I'm good I'd with like, that. I'd I'm love, so good with that. I'd love this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing, you know, looking at the schedule, and I didn't even think about this. What is this going to do for basketball, baseball, like the other, like how crazy is is that scheduling nightmare going to be um, for you know these teams? Yeah, which. I don't want to be Which that person. Basketball is usually <laughs> is it sixteen or eighteen? Well, I mean, once you, you've got to have that conversation, or do you go sixteen, eighteen? You don't yeah. really want to go twenty because you don't want all your teams yeah, to start beating games. each other up in conference. So you know, do you go fifteen? Do you go sixteen? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's and then baseball. I mean, do you go away with all the div- all divisions? Do you go with a a pod scheduling idea? Might not be too terrible for that because then you could play, you know. Because yeah. if you do pod scheduling, four, four, four. you've got three mm-hmm. in your three other teams in your pod, so then you could go four, eight, twelve. Well, then yeah, I mean, what's the point at that point? You could just you play everybody once and just alternate it every year and do a fifteen. I mean, yeah, I don't do you know. do the you play pod B, pod B, or pod B, pod C, and pod D each once, and then you play a home and home against the three teams, three other teams in your pod. I don't know that they've released that yet, but that'll be interesting as well. Um, but yeah, that's you know that's what happens when you uh, when you do all this conference expansion. Which, just based off of that segue, we're gonna hop around a little bit here and just talk a little bit more conference expansion and realignment news. Um, that's kind of hopped mm-hmm. out here this last week. I know that's not what we planned, but that was just such a good segue. I could not go with it. Um, so we got word last week. San Diego State has told the Mountain West Conference that they are resigning from the league. So, they're on a big old peace sign and getting the heck out of the Bold move <laughs> doing that without anything set in stone yet, which kind of makes us think maybe there are some things that are set in stone um, that we just don't know about yet. Because San Diego State's telling the Mountain West Conference they're leaving, which would make you think they've probably got a home in place, right? I would say if you know, it's kind of like uh, coaching hires, right? You don't, as an AD, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of assuming here, but 
It's just kind of coincidence. AD is fired, and then very shortly, unless they announce that they're doing a big public search, they have the person in mind, right? So I would assume that um, the athletic director and the university president at San Diego State actually has something in mind, if not already a connection to the Big 12 or the Pac-12 or, you know, I'm, I'm making stuff up at this point, um, or who, whoever wants to take them. So uh, good luck to them, but I'm assuming they have something in the, in the works. I, I would imagine so. And, it, I mean, the two that you alluded to are probably the two most likely landing spots for them. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, Big 12 expansion has been a topic of discussion for literally over a decade now. Um, especially recently, obviously they're bringing in the four new schools this, uh, upcoming season with UCF, Houston, BYU, and Cincinnati. Um, lots of talk over the past as well, especially with that iteration of new members that Memphis was potentially going to be in there. The big 12's kind of been downplaying mm-hmm. that they have. And it's interesting too, because the big yeah. 12 has come out and they have downplayed Memphis and they've pretty much said that that interest is only on Memphis's side. They're not completely saying no, but they're also not giving any credibility or weight to it. <laughs> Colorado apparently is target number one for them. I'm curious, and there's been some speculation that UConn could be in addition as well. Um, the idea being that Colorado comes and Colorado brings those four corner schools with it. So Arizona, Arizona State, mm-hmm. and Utah with them, which that's a pretty dang solid league right there. Like I, I think you definitely keep your power five status mm-hmm. if you bring all four of those schools in there. But, mm-hmm. you know, Colorado's obviously got some history with a couple of the members that are still remaining in the Big 12. Um, a lot of the reasons yeah. I think they would want to be there, like Oklahoma and Nebraska are gone. Um, but you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's something that's there as well. Um, and in that mm-hmm. instance, if those schools leave the pack, San Diego state goes to the pack, the pack basically becomes a glorified whack at that point. Um, yeah. you'll see Boise state join like, in mm-hmm. yeah, most, most likely, most yeah. likely you're, yeah. you're poaching out yeah. those best mountain West conference teams. That you'd want. Be interested mm-hmm. to see if Air Force ended up going on there. But I mean, really, I think, dude, the Pac-12 could be in a lot of trouble because you just lost definitely your biggest brand in USC, top four mm-hmm. brand in UCLA. You can make the argument they're second, but I'd I'd put them below Oregon and potentially below Washington as well. Um, I'd almost put them below Stanford. I, I would say for, from a football standpoint, I think I would still have UCLA slightly a leg above Stanford. And then the UCLA basketball mm-hmm. history there is enough to, you know, I mean, even though Stanford as a whole phenomenal athletic department, no ifs, ands, or buts about that, yeah. I think, you know, you still got to put the most weight in football followed by men's basketball. Um, so I think I would mm-hmm. probably put UCLA slightly above them, but regardless, losing either one of them is not good for the league sucks (laughs) um but yeah you lose usc you lose ucla and then if you turn around you know year or two later and you lose colorado who you just added utah who you just added arizona and arizona state you're Mm -hmm. you're dead men walking at that point so you gotta imagine oregon and washington are gonna try and get out of there as quick as possible this honestly could be the best thing that ever happened to the big 12 depending on what they can spin 
if they could somehow, mm-hmm. which I believe they just signed their TV, their new TV deal like last season, which they might not be super happy about, but I'm pretty sure it's up in 2030. So that's not that far off. Um, but if you've got a league, yeah, if you lose Texas and Oklahoma, it sucks. But you come in there, you add BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, um, Houston, you add Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah. And if they go and get Oregon and Washington too, like holy crap, that is yeah. And, you know, if they end up adding UConn like they talked about too, even if that's just as like an affiliate member, like basketball wise, that's the best conference in the country. Yeah, <laughs> that would be that would be nuts. That'd be that'd be a bold move. I think uh, the Big Twelve is is tired of being the the little brother. Uh, we'll call it of all the power fives, um, you know, and, that, and they would. We'll have to see because the Big Twelve, the Big Ten, and the and the SEC have such history and they have such big pockets right now that they'll obviously, but they'll be competing for second. You know, obviously the Big Ten and the SEC, which which one of them will yeah. be number one, but they'll be competing yeah. for second uh, without a doubt if if that move plays. If if you end up adding all that, and especially depending on what happens with the ACC, like I mean. I feel like all of your big ACC schools, your like Florida State's going to go SEC or Big Ten. North Carolina and Virginia are going to go mm-hmm. SEC or Big Ten. Notre Dame might have to finally make their decision, um, depending on mm-hmm. you know if, if you've if you've got three twenty-team leagues, you know Notre Dame might finally have to choose because it's going to be tough to schedule non-conference at that point. Um, yeah, because it's just it's such a you know such a big beast at this time. At that exactly. Point. I mean, we're sitting here saying, oh yeah, like you've got these school. Like, I mean, realistically speaking, if you get Florida State and Clemson into the SEC, 18. that's eighteen. If you add North Carolina and Virginia too, which I think North Carolina and Virginia are going to be wor- Carolina for sure. I don't know so much Virginia is at the that might go in the yeah. Big Ten, but but I mean, cool. if that, I think that's going to be the big battleground between the SEC and the Big Ten is what happens with Florida State and what happens with North Carolina. Because mm-hmm. I know, speaking as a Florida State fan, I would much rather be in the SEC just because I don't want to be having November games in Madison, Wisconsin, and I want yeah. to be able to talk trash to my buddies that are Georgia fans and Auburn fans and Tennessee fans. And not have to be like mm-hmm. acting like I care about playing Northwestern. Yeah, because <laughs> at that point you're basically, yeah. you know, you're in the ACC. You just get to play Ohio State and Penn State and Michigan, and then a bunch of other schools that you don't really care about. So mm-hmm. I fingers crossed that we go SEC. Um, yeah, but yeah, that that would be a wild. What that's almost a twenty-team league because I think it's at fourteen right now. You lose Texas and Oklahoma, you go down to twelve. You add those four four corner schools, you're up to sixteen. You add if you can get Oregon and Washington, that puts you at eighteen. And then at that point, you know you could potentially you could poach some of those ACC schools that you could you get Louisville, you get Virginia Tech, you get Mm -hmm. that's I mean that's a fun Mm -hmm. conference right there. It may not, and it may not have your top tier. Like we've got somebody that can compete for a national championship ever again, out of those mm-hmm. schools that are left. Yeah. But you're gonna consistently be having the most fun games to watch on TV, and if it goes the route that things might go in the future, 
especially if you know your entities like Barstool Sports keep blowing up the way they do, and sports mm-hmm. gambling. And hand productions. And hand productions, exactly. Uh, well, I guess not sports gambling as long as you're tied to this, but... De- definitely, <laughs> definitely not sports gambling. gambling. Yeah. Definitely not but sports Anyways, like Barstool. Compliance like Barstool, not doing that. Um, <laughs> that could be awesome just to have like all the stuff on the side of the screen. Like any live bets or anything like that, mm-hmm. you log on to the Barstool Sports app and you get to make all these kind of, you know... That's just... That's an idea that I think would be really cool to see them move towards in the future. Um, and that might be... Yeah what kind of saves the Pac-12 is they could be, you know, losing these schools that they do. They might have to do something kind of crazy like that um, because they're not going to get the money that they want from ESPN with a league that doesn't include your four biggest brands. Yeah. So. Interesting. Uh, the college football landscape, scheduling-wise and a lot-wise, is going to be very interesting over the next three mm-hmm. years. You know, to say, to say the least, we thought it was interesting enough when, you know, UCLA and USC joined the Big Ten. You know, that's just two totally different geographical locations. And then we kind of forgot about it, honestly, until, like, the schedule came out, like, last week. And then we get all this news. And so, you know, when you start to think about it, as this, for better or for worse, college football is going to look a lot different by 20 26 yes, significantly so i mean it, it already <laughs> looks a lot different than it did when we were growing up and it looks a heck of a lot different mm-hmm. than it did when our parents were growing up um and it's just a combination of everything that comes with it you know with with the nil conference realignment it's and really it's it's, it's money right like the the almighty dollar mm-hmm. is what is driving all of these changes and like you said for better or for worse they're happening so we might as well just get used to it um also so rumors have been swirling. We heard about it, I guess it was about a year ago, they're bringing back the NCAA football game, the video game, which mm-hmm. everybody who's like between the ages of probably 22 and 40 was super hyped about that because we grew mm-hmm. up on that. Um, I don't know if you saw this. There were these rumors going around. I can't remember the guy's name. All I know is he plays for Clemson. So it gives your mm. your donors another reason to hate Clemson. They're trying to say <laughs> something about like it's like the compensation that they were going to give them basically like five hundred bucks to put their name, mm-hmm. image, and likeness in the game. So that way we don't have you know QB number five for Florida State. You've got Jameis Winston, like that kind of deal. Um, yeah. Or I guess QB number yeah. thirteen now since it's you know twenty twenty three. But that was just the first thing that popped into my head because that was the last the last year they made yeah. the game. Um, but you're going to pay everybody $500. This dude from Clemson griping and complaining about it, that they should pay more. And I'm like, okay, nobody is going to like, this is just like a small little bonus. A, B, who doesn't want their name yeah. in a freaking <clears throat> video game? Like who wouldn't want to see themselves in a video game? Like, that's awesome. Yeah. And you know, your, your second string left guard from UTSA or you know your backup punter from Marshall, like that's the coolest thing yeah. in the world to them. Like, don't take it away just because you get to play at Clemson. And yeah, you're getting enough out of NIL exactly. money anyway. But you know, I I challenge that that individual. How do you? How do you? What's the right number then? Right? Is it based off touches? You know. 
you have a bad if it's a running back, you know, we'll just keep the, the equation the running back. Okay, you're a second string running back, you only get, you know, a hundred touches. Do you get, you know, t- you know, X dollars for touches and stuff like that? Like how do you how do you equate that? And then how do you equate that into a video game? Right? That kids are you know, people are gonna play you know, some are gonna be serious, some are gonna go try to play it like in leagues and stuff, but like for you and me, we're just gonna play it whenever we have, you know, twenty minutes to kill and I'm not gonna know who number twenty seven is on the Clemson Tigers, you know, running back room. No, but like so I challenge that kid. Yeah, Figure exactly. It out. Like I mean don't <laughs> yeah, don't ears, be sitting man. here saying every player deserves like seven thousand dollars or something like that because realistically speaking, we're buying that game whether it says Jordan Travis under the starting quarterback for Florida State or whether it says QB number 13 for Florida State or whether it's a completely mm-hmm. made-up thing and we have to download rosters online and upload them to our Xboxes or Playstations, we're, we're going to do it regardless. I mean, mm-hmm. that game came out – the last iteration of that game came out almost 10 years to the day ago. It was like July 24th of 2013 was when the last one came out. Yeah, And there are there is still an online community – that makes mods for it with the updated player names and mm-hmm. stats and everything like that. So take the $500 or you get nothing. <laughs> like it's not that big a deal. I, uh, it's, it's funny you mentioned that I still like, I'll log on to Xbox whenever I have, you know, five minutes. Um, and I will see a friend of mine who I always see NCAA 14. He's always playing it. And he's, and he, he's my, yeah, he's my age. Uh, so he's 31. Um, but I'm just trying to do some quick math here. So there's how many how many teams play? How many schools play? There's football? it's a hundred and thirty. Well, yeah. So it's only going to be most likely it'll only be FBS schools. So there's what 133 schools that play FBS football now. Is, yeah, yeah. Because Jacksonville yeah, State and somebody else just moved up. So 133 mm-hmm. schools. And then there's approximately 115. Kids on a team, you're also including walk-ons and all that. So 133 times 115 um, times that's 15,295 times that by 500 bucks. That's 7.6 million dollars just to give to the players. That's which I'm guessing EA will have to eat that and we'll divide that by. Let's see, games now are what seventy yeah. bucks, sixty bucks, seventy bucks. So divide that by seventy. A hundred and ten thousand people have to buy that game, which no, won't be hard, not right? It realistically won't be hard, but that's again, we're talking about the almighty dollar here. You know, then yeah. <laughs> they're gonna they, EA does not want to pay, you know, and want to have to deal with you know quarterback the Heisman, you know, winner gets a thousand dollars versus the punter gets five bucks exactly like, yeah no, call it a day, call and at the day, end of the day you're not doing it. anything for that it's not like you know i mean like a lot of these nil deals that are happening like you're you know you might have to show up to an event or you might have your face on something for like you know a picture or what you're not doing anything for this you literally get it mm-hmm. i mean i say you're not doing anything you're still being a D- division one fbs college football player that's there's a lot that goes into that but you're not doing that for the $500 paycheck that you're going to get from a video game. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, Definitely yeah. Not. But that leads us over to um, our next topic, speaking of NIL. 
Um, so this was on, I believe, a little over a week ago. We missed it last week. I just saw it this past week. Um, the IRS, which, you know, like I said, we don't want to get political on this podcast, but I'm pretty sure we all have the same opinion of the IRS. <laughs> um, their chief counsel, oh, yeah, exactly. Their chief counsel came out and said that any donations made to nonprofit NIL collectives are not tax exempt. Um, which was, inter- we were literally just talking about that last week, ironically enough too. Mm-hmm. Um, what are what are your thoughts on that, Ryan? Yes. So this, this article is uh, by Sports uh, Illustrated. So we'll have the, the link right here below to, 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 so you guys can read it and just, you know, form your own opinions. But I mean, I said the best, not, not the best, but like it could be, and, and we'll talk about the article here more, but like it's, you know, um, taxes up now, but it could not, it could be not taxes up tomorrow. And it looks like something like this is, happening uh for a lot of things so i'll read a little you know go a little bit here uh, more than 200 collectives exist amongst uh 131 fbs schools dozens of which have been granted the 501c3 status which for people at home that is your nonprofit status for, for an organization uh and they are receiving millions of in donations from boosters who were under the impression that their gifts fall under tax deduction through the IRS has approved 5013C's nonprofit status. Many within the college industry have worn have worn for more than a year now. That's really bad grammar. Uh, whoever wrote this, that the government entity would eventually investigate and likely put a stop to tax deductions for NIL related donations. So it looks like potentially in the short, you know, the near future that they can just call it quits, you know, ba- you know, obviously take it, you know, read it yourself and form your own opinion. Uh, but the way I'm saying is like, yes, they are technically, you know, nonprofit organizations now, but uh, folks are, you know, we'll call it cracking down on, right. you know, maybe it's probably the best way to put it, um, which sucks because, you know, a lot of people want to help out. Right. But they want to, you know, not get screwed over by Uncle. You know, I'll put air quotes on it. Get screwed over by Uncle Sam. Is so. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting terrain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, you know, like we talked about last week, go check that nil um, uh, network dot com for the bylaws for each of your states, which we'll put uh, here as well, just so you can look at for those who are looking to uh, give in that in the nil dollars. Give those. Um, so make sure you do everything right so you don't get a knock from yeah, the Yeah, exactly. We don't ever <laughs> want that to happen to anybody. Um, but yeah, so the ending of it was phrased at, like so. So this is what actually came from the IRS themselves. They said, consequently, it is the view of this office that many organizations that develop paid NIL opportunities for student-athletes are not tax-exempt and described in Section 501c3 because the private benefits they provide to student-athletes are not incidental, both qualitatively and quantitatively, to any exempt purpose furthered by that activity. Which kind of makes sense. I mean, like, I hate to say that the IRS is kind of making sense on things, but they are kind of making sense on this because 
you are, in essence, paying these student-athletes for, like, a good-slash-service rendered. So it's not, you know, it's not like this is funding cancer research or, you know, mm-hmm. like a donation going towards – yes, Doctors. exactly. Like, this isn't – Scott. this is – money above and beyond that um so you know just as with everything that kind of like we talked about with the sec schedules and like we talked about last week there just needs to be some uniformity and there needs to be things laid out because trying to navigate the waters right now like you know a lot of these compliance guys that are probably trying to get this stuff figured out right now a lot of the head of these collectives Mm -hmm. um it, I feel like it changes constantly and it's almost like you just want to have it mm-hmm. laid out. You want to have your answer. You want to know what it is. So that way you're not sitting here having to change your verbiage to the people you're trying to collect money from or the people that you're trying to sign on, you know, you're the players mm-hmm. that are out there that you're trying to get and make sure that, you know, you're incentivizing them to stay at your university, whatever it may be. It's like, let's just, mm-hmm. you know, please let's hurry up and get this all figured out because, while it's an interesting time, it can also be a super stressful time for anybody involved yeah. in that area. Yeah, and, and you know, you're talking to donors, you're talking to future student athletes, um, parents, you know, grant, you know, people who you will utilize this money. Most of it's for good, right? They, you know, they'll help mom and dad back home and you know stuff like that. Um, but you tell a student athlete or a donor, you know, today right that your dollars can go to this and it you know it's taxes down and it's this that and the other and then they they sit on it right as they should they they sit they think about it and then they tell you friday like yeah let's do it and then you're like oh sorry we can't do that because it's changed you know or you tell that student athlete hey sorry because the laws have changed or because this thing is you know, a very fluid and a moving target at all times, you actually don't get the NIL dollars that we spoke of. You get at, you know, you, you started here and now yeah. you're down, you're down to. Exactly. Or it's like, it. Hey, yeah, you, you get a hundred grand, but uncle Sam's taking 32% of that or whatever it is, 28%. Well, I can't remember exactly what the tax rate is right there, but like, you know, that sucks too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were expecting to pocket a hundred yeah. and now you're only pocketing 70. Um, which I mean, you know, as, as a college kid, that's still nothing to turn your nose up about, but that, yeah, (laughs) exactly, exactly. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so that's, uh, like Ryan said, he'll throw the link up in there. We'll have a couple good links for y'all too, but, um, that one to just go in there, read it, form your own opinion. Um, that was from a sports illustrated article, I believe by Pete Thamel is who wrote Ross Dellinger wrote that. Um, definitely definitely not Pete. Um, so that leads us into another one. So this is something that comes out every year. It's always interesting to go mm-hmm. on there and look at it, uh, especially for anybody that is involved in this space to any extent. Uh, USA Today every year comes out and releases the total revenue, expenses, allocations, all that. Uh, it's basically NCAA finances, and it's all done by school it lists 232 Division One athletic departments, um, and it's really interesting to see on here where some of these fell. Um, it is the first 
before we dive, sorry, I don't mean to, before we dive too deep, uh, for those of you, we'll put the link in there, but for those of you, you know, listening, uh, please tweet at us, uh, you know, who do you think your top, who do you think the top three earners are? And let us know. We'll give it five seconds so they don't cheat. Yeah, you can pause it. You can send it in. This is assuming that you haven't already looked at it. I feel like a lot of the people that are mm-hmm. listening to this podcast have probably already seen all this. Um, mm-hmm. But number one, we have an Ohio State University. <laughs> Sorry, I had to mess with you there. The. <laughs> yep, exactly. Because the other one is called the, what, Ohio University? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then... Number two is Texas. So for the first time in forever, it feels like it wasn't Texas at number one. Um, Alabama three, Michigan mm-hmm. four, Georgia five, LSU six, AM seven, Florida eight, Penn State nine, Oklahoma ten, Auburn eleven, Michigan State twelve, Indiana thirteen. I'm just saying that's a whole lot of SEC and Big Ten teams right there. And you've got mm-hmm. Texas and Oklahoma in the top ten with the Big 12 TV money, which I'm pretty sure I could be wrong on this, so correct me if I am. I don't think that was equal revenue sharing in the Big 12. I'm pretty sure Texas and Oklahoma got larger Mm -hmm. pieces of the pie. Um, But still, what they are getting in the SEC is going to be even larger. Um, Yes. Yeah. So, you know, and when you look at these revenue numbers too, like Ohio State eclipsed a quarter of a trillion dollars. No, quarter of a billion. A billion, quarter you're right. A, a quarter of a billion. Math is hard sometimes, guys. It's late. Forgive me. Uh, yes, a quarter of a billion dollars. So that is mm-hmm. quite a lot of money right there. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, just just for craps and gigs, Ryan, get, give uh, give the people something to think about while I look something up real quick. So, so one thing, you know, we every, I hope everyone's seen Moneyball. Right. So the big premise is what, how do you buy your, you know, how do you get wins? What do you have to, you have to buy your wins, so to speak. And whoever could, you know, buy the most wins to get to the playoffs by, you know, by using the least amount of money, you know, where do you fall? Uh, So with Ohio state crossing 251 million, they didn't. They didn't win it. They didn't win the Big Ten. They didn't win the NCAA. You know the the national championship. But Georgia, on the other hand, um, won the national championship with only spending two hundred three million dollars, and their expenses was only one hundred sixty nine million. So they pocketed um, a lot of money. Uh, you know that's what plus thirty plus thirty million. And they got the national championship, so they'll get that return. You know that return on revenue, uh, returning revenue next year, probably for the foreseeable future. Not that Ohio State won't get revenue and this, that, and the other, um, but it's it's interesting to see you know where the dollars lie, where the wins lie. So I just looked this up out of curiosity. This is why I was like, here, hold on, hold please. Um, if you combine Ohio State and Texas's revenue. They brought in more than the entirety of the WNBA did. Just interesting tidbit there. So, college football, and this isn't, I mean, this is college athletics in, a, in general, but that's just pointing out, you know, like, this is a, a huge business. And these are individual 
schools that are bringing in over half as much or right at half as much as an entire professional league does. It's crazy. Mm. Crazy stuff that we're talking about here. Um, but yeah, like we said, lots of Big Ten teams, lots of SEC teams. Um, the first ACC team on the list, Ryan, if you don't know it already, you want to take a guess? You might have already looked at it all the way. Isn't it? It's uh, Florida State. It is Virginia. They just edged out Florida State by about $770,000. Just barely. Oh, really? Yep. Yep. So, yeah, we got 13 schools. So, Virginia's 14. Um, I was looking in here. The first Pac-12 school on this list, Oregon. At number 19. Mm. Yep. Yep. And then... And my employer is number 27th at University of South Carolina. Um, doing pretty yeah. good. Doing pretty good. We're, I'm working really hard to... Uh, we, we, my team, are working really hard to get that number up for our, for our student-athletes and our, and our Absolutely. And the first non-Power 5, this actually is very surprising to me. I... I would just like glance at this list earlier, so I'm really going through it right now. Um, I would not have guessed this. Top, top ranked non top ranked group of five or mid major. UConn at number yeah, at yep, at number fifty. Yeah, and they're not now awesome. granted that. Total allocated, I could be incorrect on this, but I am fairly certain that total allocated, a lot of that will come from like the university itself. Um, so for UConn, this amount takes into account $549,645 that the athletics department transferred back to the school and under a 2015 change is recorded as a revenue loss. Okay, so how about that? This transfer amount cannot exceed the sum of money the department received from student fees and direct institutional support so yeah there's that um but yeah just interesting to look through here you know check and see where your school's at your alma mater's at where your rivals are at all that kind of good stuff you know i really like pointing out obviously this is for a athletic department wide thing it's not just football but you know even though mm -hmm. florida did end up with about you know 30 million dollars more than we did we still had a, a better showing in the uh on the football field so there's that although i think this is pretty sure pretty sure this is from the year before regardless so it doesn't matter um but yeah cool resource go check that out if y'all want to um mm -hmm. and then let's see here ryan did you want to talk about that uh equity and athletics yeah, yeah so kind of continuing on the on the uh path of uh, money for the universities. Um, so if you, we'll link this down below. I actually had to use this uh, resource when I was in uh, graduate school. Um, EADA uh, is the Equity and Athletics Data Analysis. Is basically it's basically a a balance sheet of everything uh, regarding an athletic department. So I will pull up the Ohio State just because it was the first one. And what they break down, and I'll put some stuff here just so you guys can look up, uh, but they have the operating uh, 
expenses for every team um, for the year. And then they calculated all of it up, and then they do all this uh, total expenses by team, um, and then total revenues by team. So um, there is not a big discrepancy in terms of what USA Today um, reported and what EAD, EADA reported. So for Ohio State, their total revenues was $246 million compared to 251 That's $6 million. Like that, that's a lot of money, don't get me wrong, but... When you're dealing with that many million, it's not that it's not a big difference. Um, and then the total net profit um, was 36 million. So it's a you know according to USA Today they were at 26 million. So you know it's again it's 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 10 million dollars, which again is a lot of money. I'm not downplaying that. I think that would fund Western Carolina for a year. I'm pretty sure. Maybe maybe a, like 18 months. Um, but it, it goes into detail in not everyone's, um, salary, but the salaries of a coaching staff as a whole, um, revenue expenses, how many participants they have. So like they tell you how many, they have 38 baseball team, um, on the 38 uh, people on the roster for baseball team, so on and so forth. Um, care to, to guess the second biggest, um, um, roster at Ohio State behind football. You mean? That's a trick question. Second biggest roster. I mean, it's football's got to be number one. Track and field. Does track and field count as number one? Track and field combined for the women is one hundred thirty-eight. Football's one hundred twenty-seven. Ohio State's track team is yeah. deep. Now, does okay, um, here's a question, though, and it may not even say on like Does that break down, like, that's track and field events all combined on the one team, indoor and outdoor all combined on the one? Okay. In, indoor, outdoor, cross country. Oh, cross country all, counts. All, in the, okay. We'll all three. Nice. nice. Mm-hmm. We'll count all three of them. Um, so, it's track. Tra- it goes women's track, football, men's track. Um is the top three. And that's probably going to be this, the standard kind of throughout, you know, college, the college space. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy to see. Oh, I've totally forgot. They have a rifling team. That's cool. cool. Yeah. Dude, have you ever seen the rifles that that they shoot with? There. It's like, it looks like kind of like a skeleton. Like there's not a lot to it. It looks a little like almost star Warsy in a way. They're kind of cool. Yeah. They're kind of, we had a rifle team at Ole Miss. Oh really? That yeah. is sick. Yeah, we uh we have equestrian, which I I that I equestrian rifling. Let's combine them into one sport. Um, <laughs> that'd be awesome. That'd we be call amazing. that cowboying, baby. Texas A and M might finally be able to win a national <laughs> championship again. <laughs> um yeah, but this is kind of an extension of you know what USA Today posted, so you can really see. You know, kind of where the money's going, and you could everyone can kind of guess where money is going and where money's mm-hmm. coming from, right? Because not all sports regenerate revenue, um, but some do, and some you know some don't, and it's it's very interesting to see how much, um, you know, it costs, and they also kind of dive down even deeper, do it by team and also by participant. So, like for basketball. The operating expense per participant is 141 grand for men's basketball. 
Oh wait, no, that's men's and women's basketball. So between the mm-hmm. two teams, per you know, they combine it. It's a, a fifteen yeah. percent. Because I, I would I would imagine uh, from an expense standpoint, there's probably not too much difference between like if it's the same sport like basketball between men's and women's basketball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, not too much. So I'm looking at it. They, they did it better. Uh, so men's basketball for Ohio State, men are 141 grand. Women are 97. Okay. That's that's so a wider gap than I expected. Yeah. It's yeah. Um, obviously, when you get into some of the other sports, um, the, you know, gym gymnat um lacrosse is about the same there's a grand swing either way but it's it's relatively close can you compare baseball uh, and softball it's just a, uh so yeah so softball well, let's look so baseball has 38 athletes versus softball has 26 baseball costs 17 grand softball costs 19 grand yeah so relatively the same when it comes down to yeah per, like per, per like, capita kind of deal um Mm-hmm. Yeah, but obviously, you know, there's what? Well, how many people is that? Uh, there's twelve more people. You know, twelve more mouths to feed, yeah. so to speak. Uh, but no, it's just a it's a good resource, and I check it every now and then just to see, you know, what schools are doing. How you know how? Because you know, I I talked about how I'm you know I'm going to be an AD years down the road. Uh, how you know people spend their money and and stuff like that because it's definitely something I'm going to have to be at least somewhat aware of. Uh, and But yeah, no, it's just a good resource. You kind of get lost. It's kind of like yeah, Twitter. Exactly. You just kind of get lost. It's like you get in the weeds of things. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's at least it's educational too. Like, I mean, a lot of the weeds you can start mm-hmm. falling through on Twitter aren't necessarily the uh, the most, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Educational, I guess I should say. Um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, so that's a great resource. So we'll have, like I said, we'll have a couple links down there in the bio for y'all. Um, definitely some good stuff to check out. Uh, I know I wish you wouldn't have showed me that EADA thing because I will probably end up spending way too much time on that at work tomorrow. Um, <laughs> See how much uh, Mr. Alfred over at Florida State Exactly, stuff. exactly. Just... <laughs> hope, you're doing, hope you're doing good, Michael. <laughs> hope you're doing good. Um, but yeah, so that's really cool there too. And we're, I know, coming up on time here, but real quick, we'll just run it out there. So, see if we got an update. So, College World Series right now, we had both Virginia get eliminated along with Stanford. They got eliminated earlier today or yesterday for those of you that are listening to the podcast today. It comes out. Um, But, yeah. So, Virginia got bounced. It was actually kind of cool. Kid from my high school. Um was pitching for Virginia. He got to face like three batters and got, you know, two outs, which was just kind of cool to see. Um, my one of my mm-hmm. youngest brother played with him. Um, and then we've got LSU and Wake Forest right now tied at the top of the eighth. And like we mentioned before the podcast, that's a huge game because whoever wins this game only has to win one more game to make it to the final. Whoever loses this game has to turn mm-hmm. around and win three games because they got to go beat Tennessee, and then they got to beat the winner of this game twice. So major advantage for mm-hmm. winning tonight. Um, on the other side of the bracket, Florida is going to face the winner of Oral Roberts and TCU. Both the Golden Eagles and the Horn Frogs mm-hmm. have already each dropped the game. Uh, Oral Roberts lost in semi-heartbreaking fashion. Um 
on Father's Day night. <laughs> I was kind of torn because my dad's a Gator fan. So, and it was Father's Day. So it's like I didn't necessarily want to be like openly cheering against the Gators since it was Father's Day, but I obviously can't cheer for the Gators ever. Um, Go Golden so, Eagles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and honestly, just that name, had I had a lot of friends that were Gator fans, so for the name Oral Roberts, I'm not going to yeah. make any of the jokes that were made, but there are some great jokes that were made when uh, we found out that Florida was playing Oral Roberts. <laughs> you can use your mind and go where you want to with those. But, yeah, so Florida – We'll have to only defeat the winner of Oral Roberts and TCU once. The loser of Oral Roberts and TCU would have to beat Florida twice. And then the winner of each side on June 24th, which I believe is Friday, Saturday, Saturday at 7 o'clock will be the start Mm -hmm. of game one. Game two Mm -hmm. will be Sunday and game three, if necessary, would be Monday. And then we will have our national champion. And that will wrap up every 2022-2023 school year national championship um, that is out there. Also, did you happen to see – I'm going to see – I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it. I'll send it to you, and we can kind of touch on it once we're doing like the full year in -hmm. review. Because I was thinking that would be a good plan next year or next week. It will be the end of this school year in this mm-hmm. athletic calendar yeah. before we get into the new one. Yeah. So we'll kind of do a wrap up of everything that happened. Um, yep. But, and we'll touch on this too, those non NCAA sanctioned sporting events. Did you see that tweet that was going around? No, I mean, yeah, there's some that. great ones um, because there are some, there, there's a, so there's a lot of club sports and a lot of other sports that just are yeah. not sanctioned by the NCAA in general. Um, and then there are some events that have national champions that I would not ever come close to considering a sport. Um, like Quidditch? No, Quidditch? worse than that. Uh, I think it was Texas A&M <laughs> won a meat judging com- competition. That was the national championship. We're talking like pork? Yeah, like like you smoke a like brisket that? and like, okay, yeah. I I don't know. If, so okay. I actually don't know if it's like the actual quality of like you smoke. Because it's not a barbecuing competition. It's a meat judging competition. So I'm almost thinking it's just like the like raw cuts of meat. And they have to like figure out what grade it is or something. <laughs> I have no idea, dude. But yeah, this list is wild. I'm going to send it to you. Um, we'll kind of pick out our favorites and talk about them next week. Because uh, there is some funny stuff on that list that I think you would really get a kick out of on that. I'm going to just see real quick. This is terrible podcasting, but I'm going to see real quick if I can't find it on here. Non-NCAA national <laughs> champions because, man, let me tell you what. Um, oh, come on. It was like it was going all around, but I, I can't find it. I was trying to do it quick. We'll, we'll we'll tweet it out. Please, uh, uh, please uh, retweet it and stuff like that. Uh, but oh, and gonna we'll end with this. If you could, please uh, follow, subscribe, share, like, retweet, quote tweet, all that good stuff. Uh, Zach and I are working on doing better jobs of it. It is it is still very 
different mm-hmm. for us. I'm not a social media person. If you went to my Instagram, my last post was probably my wife's birthday, which was in April. No, that's not true. It was Mother's Day. And then before that was my wife's birthday in April. So I'm very bad at the social media thing. Um, I read a lot, like I, I read the news articles and stuff like that, but I'm very bad at the. I am what um, uh, they would refer to as a lurker. I love to go on social <laughs> media and scroll through it. I same very seldom post. Hey, your last post was five days ago about the podcast. Look at that. Oh yeah. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. And before that, yes, it was Mother's Day, and before that, yes, it was your wife's birthday. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. So there, there we go. That's that's me. So we'll we'll get better at it. Uh, but please like you know listen to it and you know I believe there's ratings on all the podcasts and uh, plat- well the platforms that we use, which is Spotify and Apple. Please give us a good Pop rating. Stars. We're bad, you know, just an an honest rating. To be honest, uh, an honest rating. Um, and then any feedback, please DM us, tweet at us, whatever. Uh, we're here to we're here to learn to get better at the whole podcasting world. You know, hopefully get a better setup eventually. Um, you know, like this is that's a bathroom door. You know, yep. that's Zach's closet. Yep. Not his closet. A linen closet, closet a gun cabinet, <laughs> and with no guns in it because I didn't want to, you know, promote that. I, I don't know. I was just trying to be bipartisan here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, so please help us out. Um, and then, yeah, uh, thank you again for joining us. I hope y'all have a great, great night and happy belated Father's Day for all the fathers out there. Uh, thanks, thanks for being a cool dad. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm totally <laughs> kidding. Um, also, yeah, on those uh, on those reviews, throw us a like. Uh, throw us the review. Leave a question on there if you want to. Tweet us questions. We're we're wanting to start taking some Q and A's um, because mm-hmm. we can come up with stuff, but this time of year, especially, it's going to be slow news cycles. Um, so unless you want, yeah, July and August are going to be exactly. Prepared. So unless you want um, us to trying to talk about finances, which mm-hmm. I don't think you do, send us send us some stuff. Send us some questions, guys. <laughs> tweet it, tweet it at HamProdPod. Um, you can tag me. You can tag Ryan. It doesn't matter. Tweet us some questions. We want to have a good little grab bag of everything going on here soon, and uh, we might mm-hmm. we might start mixing it up here as well. Like I said, we'll probably do a year in review this next week, um, and then we might start surprising y'all with some uh, topics here as well because it's it's going it's about to be slow over the next month or two. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Y'all have a good night. All Thanks right. for joining us. Bye.